I'm super excited because I have Marcy Wayman on the line, whom I've had on the show before. And I got to say, she's probably one of my favorite guests because um, she's just so inspiring and has so many great um, ideas and so much love to share. Um, but Marcy, hi, Marcy. Woo-hoo! Yay. You're here. I, I just need to turn you up a little bit. Um, Marcy okay. is a life doula. She, she is also the executive director of Good Grief Guidance, also known as the, sh- the Serene. Um, yes. Tell me, the Serene, what does that mean? Uh, well, since Good Grief got founded long ago, the founder and I would talk about how grief is a movement. And we don't even talk about, do we need to rename this? Because, uh, grief. Uh, and yet, grief is a gift. And grief is an energy. It's part of love, the joys and the sorrows of loving. And so we really understood that as we tend to the pain of being alive, our grief, that it shifts, it opens who we are and connects us, unites us with all of life. And in doing so, really centers us in our well-being. And when you're in that connected place of wholeness within yourself and all of life, well, then you can welcome everything that comes your way. And that mm. feeling, that shift is the serene. Mm. You know, I, I love that. And listening to you talk, it, it it's making me reflect on something that I, I really appreciate about you, um, is you have your own personal um, experience and story of loss and healing. And um, as all of us do, and because grief touches us in many different ways, it doesn't have to just be the loss of a loved one. But um, something that's really, I find really um, noticeable and inspiring about you is how you have learned to embody uh, your grief in a way that's very authentic. And um, yeah. you like, I always get the sense and I can always just feel how you've worked with your grief and, and you've transformed it into something. Um, I, I don't know what, but it's, it's, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you. That feels amazing. Um, and yeah, I think the one of the biggest things, the messages, if we can get out there to the world, is you don't need to be afraid of your pain. Mm. Uh, and said, so can we welcome it mm. as the messenger, the medicine that's within the love that we're feeling disconnected from? Mm. And if we can understand that, we can understand that pain doesn't have to take us down Mm. instead it can be a bridge back to wellness well i think um that sort of level of welcome and connectedness can not only then transform the self but it transforms all of your relationships Mm -hmm. because suddenly conflict which is part of grief um that too can be welcomed uh, is this another portal, another another opening for greater vulnerability and intimacy? And then if your relationships are changing, well, then suddenly all the structures in life of our society begin to change and reflect that welcome within ourselves in between us. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love how you 
said that the bridge like it's a bridge to wellness and i also noticed that for me it's been a bridge to coming back to myself coming home to myself right yep. Yep. um yep. and um a little story i want to share that happened last night um i find that um an easy place for me to access my grief is being a parent. Like I think, I think oh, mothering yeah. needs to have its own <laughs> title of grief. Like, oh yeah, because 100%. <laughs> because um, I'm just so intimately aware of all the ways that I've just failed my children, and 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 then like I can go down this like really unhealthy storyline of how I'm this mediocre mom, and my kids are going to turn out like that. That you know. <laughs> whatever and um you know i was working last night and my youngest she she was climbing um down the stairs of her bunk bed fell landed on her wrist and i got called um home from work to take her to the urgent care and this happened to my son on my birthday weekend this summer he was escape skateboarding down a skateboard rent fell and i was out of town so it was this moment of like oh my god here it is again I am failing my children, right? Like they're going to have their own yep. situations, yep. but I wasn't there. And yep. um, yeah, so just sitting with that and learning how to like work with that pain of, of sadness. And for me, it can be some guilt and shame. And to me, those are intimately tied with my grief as well. So it's oh, fascinating. Definitely. Well, we, you know, and going back to the parenting thing, especially with our kids, we want to be able to hold our children in every way. And we all want that intimacy with life, regardless of whether or not we're parents or not, just that whole, we are all children of life and that need from the get-go to feel held by it, mm. held within it. And um, that's, that sort of that is not existential pain i think that's probably one of the biggest griefs that our society is feeling collectively Mm. and when we don't feel this belonging with life when we feel that we are not held by this (laughs) larger force of love that is us has given risen has given rise to us it's at the it's the foundation of why all of us are here, which is to grow more of that love. And so we're always wanting those opportunities to connect and grow more of that love. And especially as parents, we're like, ah, we got to be able to be there at every moment when life does a dance with our kid <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're not able to, to rush in and hold. And so instead it's like, well, you know, we're parents and they're children, but ultimately we're we're more than those roles. Mm-hmm. You know, you can call it the soul, you can call it whatever you want, but we're all on this trip together. And and even when we're not able to be there physically for one another, um, first of all, can we trust that, say, our children or whoever it is that we love and we're not there to be able to hold, say, physically when they're struggling, can we trust in this larger love um, that does unite us can we trust in their soul's journey mm. to mm. practice their own relationship with that wholeness, mm. that larger love that is us and connects us? 
And so can we also stay in that place of connection and trust and that love when, when others are suffering, mm-hmm. rather than taking on each other's pain, which somehow we're told to do as parents. <laughs> as women, yet, as parents. as right, yeah. <laughs> as women, all of it. And yet, outside, it's no, no, no. And that's the other thing. I think a lot of the reasons why we take on each other's pain, whether parents or just women or men or people in general, why we tend to take on each other's pain is because we do know that we belong to each other. Mm. We do feel that inherent care and responsibility for one another. Mm. Um and so, you know, we just haven't exactly, we take, uh, we take relationship for granted in this yeah. culture. You know, we teach the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic, but we don't teach the big R of relationship. Mm. And so, um, I think one of the most beautiful acts of love is actually not taking on each other's pain. Instead, being like, I trust in you. Mm. I trust in you that all is well. Mm. That serene bit. And that life will be there to hold you, even when this one part of life, me, this one person, mother or otherwise, isn't there to hold you. It's okay. Mm. Like, you, you can be held by life and begin to create your own relationship with yourself and life and what that looks and feels like. So rather than rushing in um, when opportunities arise, again, parents or otherwise, you can be coworkers, friends, whatever it is, and we see someone suffering. You know, rather than rushing in and taking it on, be that companion. Mm-hmm. Just allow trust in their being that they can, that they will navigate this. That that the pain, whatever comes up, it's not the end of them or yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Again, it's that opening mm. of what's going to emerge from this. What are we going to learn about ourselves and each other? Mm. How is this going to deeper our relationship, our bond, our belonging? I love that because um, kind of what I heard is um, you're you're seeing the other person, you're acknowledging, like, yeah, I see that you're in pain, and then you're affirming that they are whole, that they yes. are capable, like you yep. are a whole being and you are capable of handling this, and I am going to Absolutely. stand beside you while you do it, but I'm not going to do it for you, and I'm not going to save you no. from it, but I no. know, I know and I trust that you can do this. And how empowering is that? Oh, heck yeah. It feels amazing. <laughs> and it sends the message that life is not out to get you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a message we need to all of us here over and over and over. Mm. Life's not out to get you. Life and your neighbor's not. And that, that guy that cut you off <laughs> on traffic right. is not. And that lady that gave you the dirty look is not, right? Uh Like, the Uh stories that we can easily come up with to affirm that life is out to get us because we're stuck in that victim consciousness, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, well, we're just stuck in our pain, you know, whether victim or whatever it is. It's just, when we're stuck in our pain, we're disconnected. Mm. And so... Mm. Uh, the other person who's given you the dirty look or whatnot. I mean, <laughs> maybe they're projecting their own disconnection on you, or mm. or maybe you're perceiving the dirty look that's not even there, and mm. you're projecting your own <laughs> stuck pain onto that. You know, it's where's the grace and compassion that we can all begin to have for ourselves, and then what naturally happens is we envelop everybody else mm. within that compassion. You know, um, 
something that, you know, especially during these times that I've really been sitting with is, is a couple things is life, life has always been uncertain. The, the level of certainty that I felt I had prior to these times was a complete illusion. Um, And it's okay that, that in my life there is uncertainty because I know that I'm capable of whatever comes my way. I, I know I believe in my innate wisdom and I believe yeah. in, in the way that I see the world is guiding me to goodness. Right. Um, and then the other, the other thing is um, how nobody is responsible for keeping me safe, happy, healthy, and connected. That, you know, it's my, it's my um, privilege, it's my opportunity when I feel that uncertainty to really tune into myself and find what I need, right? And um, nobody is going to find that for me. And, and how, how much like these times have taught me how much we really need each other. Oh yeah. I mean, we really need each other. Yeah. And so we need to recognize that we are each other Mm. and that's, um, you know, we don't ever get to have certainty. That's what COVID has been a nice reminder of. And anybody who's experienced loss of any kind, whenever your life gets, even just even last night, finding out, right, what happened with your daughter. (laughs) We have no idea as we awaken to the new day of what is life going to bring. Mm -hmm. And we are forever in the mystery. We just got a big reminder of it with COVID collectively Mm -hmm. that, oh, wow, what what is this thing? And so that thing is actually the biggest gift. It's the biggest freedom, not COVID necessarily, Mm -hmm. but the mystery the mystery to begin to understand that all of this is the unknown suddenly it's really liberating Mm. yeah there are no constraints there are no certainty you literally you get to be in the dance i mean Mm. you can literally dance too your body can be moving and shifting that energy but really as you stay attuned that's truly what i believe the the mystery the unknown is asking us every day is just pay attention Mm -hmm. pay attention and i don't i think we pretty much has um, curated a culture that is set up to um, have us be really afraid of paying attention. And yet, if we can stay tuned in to what's happening, and again, welcome it, knowing that whatever it is that comes our way is not going to be the end of us, well, suddenly, (laughs) there's actually greater safety in knowing that there is no certainty, mm. right? If, if some things were certain, well, then you'd feel like you wouldn't have any control. But if things are really that open-ended, where we're just in the mystery, we're in the mix of all these different forces that are the unknown, that are they're ebbing and flowing and giving rise, and it's then suddenly you're like, wow, I'm a creator. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, okay, life, mm-hmm. what are we going to create together? Mm. And so that... That was that was actually when you were talking about you can tell that I've worked with my grief and my loss. 
coming to that place where I'm like, wow, okay, you're right. I don't know what's going to come my way. Mm. But because of that, that freedom, mm. I feel liberated to say, okay, I get to decide kind of like what your, I think your second point where you were going, where you're pointing toward um, about you get to decide how yeah. you're going to be in the dance. Yes, yes. Yep. You get to decide how you're going to be in the dance. Whatever comes up is like, oh, life put a new song on. Okay, I'm going to feel into this rhythm. What are mm-hmm. the dance steps? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to allow myself to be there and feel into it. And again, trust that ultimately all is well. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly. Mm-hmm. I, my children and I were devastated uh, by the very sudden and traumatic, gruesome even loss of my husband, their father, and we all died along with them. Mm. Our whole life, mm. our relationship to ourselves and one another, it is brutal. It does cut you down. It takes you to, the, to, to your knees, and you don't think you will ever... <sighs> that life is over. Mm-hmm. You think life is over. Yeah. And so to be able to say, no, uh, what is life? what is life now asking of you? right now yeah how is this a how is this an opening and and the other truth is that we're still human we're still a mess so it's going to look really messy maybe for a really long time yeah and i think there are also messages out there that there's something wrong with the mess right something wrong to be in resistance all of it no 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 resistance can be a beautiful thing it can be its own soft womb and a place for the soul to convalesce sometimes it's too much for the mind and that's okay Mm. And the mess? Are you kidding me? We might all be, life is sacred, and so along with it, so are we. Mm-hmm. And to truly feel that intimacy with the preciousness of life, yeah, we're going to be sometimes looking and feeling like a complete and utter mess in order to connect in to all those powerful energies that we are and that are beyond us. Mm. And that's beautiful like that's when we're a mess we're we're feeling it all and that's exactly as it should be so rather than condemning ourselves or one another when it looks like we're spinning or falling apart again that that whole it looks like the person's suffering so we need to rush in and help yeah uh-uh there's beautiful healing and aware and awareness that is beginning to awaken within that being mm-hmm I, I'm I'm just sort of reflecting on. I just keep seeing this picture of like a toddler. If you watch a toddler play, it's chaos. You're like, what? It's kind of like, what are you doing? Oh, totally. And they bring so uh-huh. many different elements of stuff, and like things are exploding across the room, and and it's just pure For chaos. Sure. And they have no right. clue what they're doing. It doesn't even matter no. what they're doing. The process. No. They're just no. so in the moment and just responding to the moment that there's just pure like the opportunity for creation and inspiration and joy is so alive because they're not they're just in the moment yeah just made me think of that (laughs) i love it perfect example so much opportunity and chaos so much opportunity and chaos it is not something to fear we don't have to run back to the familiar Mm-hmm. Just and yet though that creativity, it's why we see a lot of people get stuck in their grief. It does become the familiar, and then it feels like something they can control yeah. because it's the known. But to actually 
tend to that, that mm. pain, mm-hmm. uh, and allow it to shift, well, suddenly that asks of you a whole new level of vulnerability. Yeah. Because now you truly are in this creative act, the unknown. You're you're in the dance, and you don't know what the next step is going to be, yeah. which seems really terrifying. And yet, it's also that toddler excitement of, right, what happens next? Mm. Let's find out. Where does this go? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about all these initiations we go in life, how how in, in one life, we we live many different lives. And oh, yeah. in each stage, each life, we are such a different person. Uh-huh. There's elements of similarity that get pulled through throughout. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've just I've been diving deep in initiations for women specifically, oh, and yeah. how when we don't allow these certain aspects of us to die, um, we we end up going on these these sort of quests in life, for lack of a better uh-huh. word, like you know, searching uh-huh. through traveling, through drinking, through partying, through degrees, through shopping, um, uh-huh. right? Like we're searching for this energy of liberation because we're stuck because yes. we haven't allowed That's that it. part of ourselves to die, so we can re- be reborn into this new aspect of ourselves because. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yep, there yeah. it is. <laughs> you know, I do kundalini yoga and sata nama, uh-huh. right? Birth, birth, life, death, rebirth. Mm-hmm. My mantra truly, if we're asked to be living that truth every single day, even if sometimes it means <laughs> every hour of the day, if not from minute to minute, we need to allow ourselves to be born into that minute, live it, mm. let it die and let it rebirth, because mm-hmm. every moment is an act of creation, and we are literally recreating ourselves on every level of being, through every engagement with all of life, every conversation, every person, and not just us, but the other person or life form, whatever it is, is being recreated too. Birth, mm-hmm. life, death. And doesn't, doesn't science, hasn't it proven that our cells are yep. completely new every seven years? Yep. So even on the cellular yep. level, that's happening. Well, and even grief, um, you know, how it, it lives in the body. It mm. can change you on that cellular level. Mm. And so as you, as you come into a relationship with another, because, I mean, here's the other thing. Yes, like you were speaking to, the essence of who you are is eternal and forever whole. Mm-hmm. And how that lives, hopefully, the idea is, we are living ourselves differently all the time. Again, mm-hmm. that act of creation mm-hmm. is, is what we're here to do. And so even in a conversation, whatever, it's not this is my truth and that's your truth and over there that's your truth. It's, no, it's, well, this is what I've lived and experienced and felt into and created some ideas around what you got. Mm-hmm. And then as we come into dialogue, it's just an exchange. Mm. And then from that, what emerges? What is wanting to be revealed? Mm. If we can begin to practice that, again, everything that we understand about ourselves, our culture, the larger world, and even the human condition begins to be transformed. I love that you say, you make that statement a lot what is wanting to be revealed. And what I love about that, it's reminding us the importance of curiosity. 
right? Like, uh, you know, when, you, when you're driving down the street and that, that guy cuts you off, here's uh-huh. a moment of being curious. Like, oh, wow, what's going on with me? Like, how am I reacting? Right. right? Like, like, instead of coming up with a story, being curious right. and open. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, again, we are each other. We are each other's teachers. Yeah. There is no division. We, we tend to other one another. Mm. when we're wanting to look away from ourselves or wanting to protect ourselves, mm. what's troubling us, whatever it is, or to just not even know ourselves. What is it that's coming up that we cannot, why, why is it that we can't welcome the dirty look and be like, huh, mm. yeah. <laughs> what's going on there? Or when our kids, like it was with your daughter last night, um, falling out of her bed, and it was my teen daughter who just, um, started to let me know how she didn't feel that she belongs because mm. of how she was taking in some different kids' responses, right? We personalize mm. that so much mm. rather than being curious of, I wonder what's going on for them. Yeah. What's happening with them? We're all in a relationship with one another. What's going on? We know this is a time that all of us are struggling, mm. no matter our age. Um, that's uh, the what's wanting to be revealed part is this constant reminder for me of no matter what my response is to another person or what they are, however they're responding to me, it's always the question of uh, how well it goes back to this. The reason why you first asked me on the show is let's talk about unity. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> that was going to be the topic. It was. It, it kind of is I right love now. I talking with you, Sean. I know. And we kind of are. We kind of are. We kind of are. We're talking about how do we come from that place of welcome, which is, which is unity, is yeah. recognizing ourselves within one another. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's my big point is True unity is not thinking or believing or anything the same. There's mm. no conformity and unity. It's right. just truly, can we recognize ourselves within one another? Yeah. And not only can we find ourselves in one another, but truly that can we find ourselves through one another? So can I find myself within you? And wow, there's this similarity or this thread of human shared experience um, because we are all messy and also sacred beings. Um, but also, does it also unlock and reveal something about me? What is there? Is there something? That's why meditation is a beautiful thing, and you can go be Buddha on the mountain forever long, and it can be an extraordinary experience. And we we are each other. So to be able to bring that mentality into the minutia of the day-to-day of, ooh, what's going to happen in the next moment or with the next person or experience that's going to further open and awaken me Mm. to allow me to all the more fully open my heart and and grow some love, which expands my consciousness Mm. and really, again, then just circles back and deepens that, oh, there is no separation between me and life. All is whole. All is one. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. 
To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical dash conversations.